0: You're listening to the podcast for Inforum, an innovation lab at the Commonwealth Club. Buy tickets to upcoming live events in San Francisco at InforumsF.org. Want even more Inforum? Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as InforumsF. Hello.
1: say hi hi say hi say hi uh, hello everyone hi um, okay so this is the first time I'm ever saying this publicly uh, I'm a father say hi say hi baby baby girl Imogene hi her name is Imogene We've kept it secret for a long time and now she's here to say hi. You're here to say hi. You're going to join me for this? Yeah? Don't scare her. (laughs) Don't scare her. Um, All right, are we excited for this? (gasps) Are you excited for this? Okay, let's do this. I would like to welcome to the stage Emmanuel, who will be interviewing me tonight. Come on, Emmanuel.
0: Uh Shall we do this?
1: Hi, Emmanuel.
0: Hi, Hi. I'm not a baby, but still kind of cute. I don't know. So
1: cute, but nobody's cuter than this little one. No one. Isn't she the cutest? I know.
0: Exclusive.
1: Exclusive. But what's also exclusive is this is all a lie. This is my friend's baby. Where are you, (laughs) Jana? She's my favorite little girl in the world, but it's not my baby.
0: Y'all have been punked, Ashton Kutcher style. Yes, he just did that. And you posted it to Instagram. You shouldn't have...
1: I want a baby so bad! You get, I want a baby so bad.
0: You want six, but you're probably going to have four.
1: Okay, here's the thing. I, w- I truly do want six. I legit want six. Did, I, did you know that my hom- husband's a former morm- Mormon? Uh, they have a lot of babies, and so I really, really, really wanted six, um, but he's insisting we can only have four. However, if you know me from the show, you know me, I'm, you know I'm very convincing, and so we're going to get to four, and then by the time we hit four, I'm going to have another two. He's not going to stop me. He can't stop me. Where's he going? He can't stop me.
0: You've convinced people to wear crop tops, belts. Yes. You will convince... I've had have the world's
1: French tucking. He will, have, <laughs> he will be the father of my final two children. If not, I will find another man. Oh,
0: he might be here tonight, because this is one of the gayest places Who got? That one. I think that one. Oh. Huh. We'll have a contest at the end of the show. All right, since this is a podcast, I have to read a little intro. Um, so bear with me. Hello, and welcome to tonight's program with Inforum at the Commonwealth Club. I'm Emmanuel Hapses, senior editor of KQD Pop and host of The Cooler Podcast, and I'm beyond thrilled to be joined by the charming fashion designer whose pompadour could probably be considered the eighth world wonder? I think so. It's Queer Eye Style Guru and New York Times bestseller. Hey! Dan Franz.
1: Hi. Uh, okay. Hi, everyone. Quick one. Like, legit, officially, as of 5 o'clock last night, I'm a New York Times bestseller, you guys. Word! <laughs> no. Number 10. Only two spots behind Michelle Obama. I'm on the same list as Michelle. O- I didn't think I'd be on the same list as her for anything.
0: Um, okay, so before we continue, yes. something important happened backstage. Uh, we realized that we have complimenting good sides. Yes. So we didn't have to fight for a chair. Like no. we're presenting it tonight, yeah. Lady Gaga style from yeah. Star is Born.
1: Here's the thing though, to be fair, we didn't, we actually didn't have a discussion. I just said, oh, this is my good side. And even if you had said, no time, but I need to sit there. I would have taken, like I would have, like I would have ripped that hair out and no, this is my spot. Yeah. And nobody gets to be in this spot. I need it. You need it. It's my side.
0: Mariah Carey does the same
1: thing. Look how... This just isn't my side. This is clearly my side. Same. Like,
0: don't Instagram this. Yeah. Instagram this. No,
1: no, no. This is like Tan France. And then, who is that guy? I don't know. I've never seen him before. You know this guy. Watch Queer Eye Season 3. I stepped into my power, and you realize that the cameras only shoot me from this side.
0: Boom. You send them your list of demands, your writer, and they make it happen.
1: I, do you know how f- uh, famous people have riders like, they'll ask for crazy shit? Mine is very simple. Shoot me from my right. That's it. So simple.
0: That's all. All right. So we are, like, in the epicenter of, like, all that is good and gay in the universe. Yeah. Castro Theater. Yeah. And uh, this is my first time here. It's your first time here? I've never been to the Castro before. Well, you came at the right time because it's pride. You're gay. Oh, yeah. I'm gay. Have your pride Month, everyone. <laughs> there's a picture in the book of you and your cute ass husband in san francisco i was wondering if you have any fond memories of being in the city
1: uh yeah so okay if you anyone who knows me knows that i you can swear by two things for me they know that i live for a baked good more than anyone you will ever meet like i start my day with a pastry and throughout the day i will have 73 pastries <laughs> and so uh and so there's a place here called tartine which i know is a tourist hotspot. <laughs> obsessed but well then have you guys been to uh mr holmes bake shop Oh, Mr. Holmes' Bakehouse. That shit is epic. And don't be fooled. Don't go for the... I think it's called a croffin or something. The thing that they're known for. Don't go for that. Go for the pistachio um, croissant. But, like... Oh, so good. The other thing that people know me for is... And I told you so. I love and I told you so more than I anyone read I read this. Yeah, you know this.
0: What was your favorite, like, I told you so? Like, you were, like, slam dunk on their face.
1: Oh, actually, I, I did one yesterday. I do one almost every day. <laughs> I'm a terrible friend to have because I am, I, without a doubt, I'm that I told you so guy. So I did one yesterday. Um, my publishing house called me to let me know I made the list. Um, and there was this guy who kind of runs the publishing house. And they all came. So what happens is I stand up a lot. What happens is... <laughs> When you are pitching a book, so I didn't plan on writing a book. Somebody asked me to write a book. And so you walk into this room. It's full of old white guys um, and then a few, maybe some women, but mostly white guys who run the publishing world. And, uh, and so I sat at this table, and these people were pitching to try and uh, buy my book. So it was when I, it was in its infancy. I just had an idea. And they sit there, and they try and pitch you. And there was this one guy who was lovely. His name's George. George, I'm sorry for telling you this, uh, telling these guys this. Um, let's hope he doesn't hear this. Anyway, he was sat in the room and these young women who love Queer Eye they were like this is the book we want to buy this year like for sure this is the book we buy and he was like well I don't know Um, (laughs) and I was like sir I get what your concerns are I'm a homo and you don't think that a homo can sell a book to this level and then yesterday when they called me to tell me that I'd done it I was like here's George in the room (laughs) <laughs> they are like, no, he's not in the room. Hey, can you go get him real quick? <laughs> yeah, he's just next door. Hey, George, I've got to tell you something real quick. Um, bitch, I told you so. Right? Bitch, I told you so. <clears throat> the gays are here to stay.
0: And in that voice of his, he was like, yeah, you were
1: right. No, he, he just kind of scowled and walked away. So I'm waiting until I'm back in New York so I can say, like, in person... Ooh. And give him a gift at the
0: same time That was going to feel yeah. good yeah. Also what feels good is like You are giving us like Steve Jobs tea Like, like giving us a TED talk Standing up I do, I'm so living for it, I'm inspired
1: I, I treat every one of these book appearances As if, as if it's my personal TED talk So it, it's like sitting here I'm like I don't want to sit I don't want to sit Don't I'm never going to get a chance to be on a stage I just want to be on a stage and perform
0: You're a star baby My
1: little gay heart
0: Okay, so let's. You're star now, and we're in San Francisco now, but five thousand miles away and decades in the past. Yeah, we won't say how many.
1: We're in. I'm not ashamed of my age. Neither 36. am I. Thirty-six. Boom. Thirty-six.
0: Thirty-four. Hey.
1: Screw you, bitch! Don't come for me. No, that's okay. okay
0: sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's so, something
1: Jonathan Van Ness would say.
0: Yeah, he's been a bad influence in my life He is a vile, vile queen (laughs) We'll get to that later Yeah, we will But first, South Yorkshire Baby Tan, used to have curls Used to be discovering who he was I still have curls, yes You just blow them out I
1: blow them into submission, yes It takes
0: four minutes, he has a YouTube tutorial If you want to learn Subscribe to his channel Yeah, Boom. Um,
1: okay, yes So
0: what were you like as a kid?
1: Oh, uh, I was a really, I was a really sweet kid. I truly was. <laughs> I'm not just saying it. I, um, so, okay, here's the thing. When you, when, uh, I, I'm going to start even further back, uh, so. In utero. Yeah, uh, y- yes. I was twirling. Uh, no, I, um. I, so, I, uh, I want to tell you first why I... T- I, know, I know that you're meant to be asking me the questions, but I'm going to ask my own questions. Um, <laughs> I'm going to interview myself. Um, no, I just want to tell... I want to I set the stage just so you understand why I'm saying what I'm saying today. Um, so, somebody asked me to write a book, and I was like, nah, I've got nothing to say. Um, and then, when I really got thinking about it, I was like, actually, yeah, I really do have a lot to say. Because... A Queer Eye is a show that is like 42 to 44 minutes long, there's five of us, we're called the Fab Five, and then we have a hero every episode, so our show focuses on our hero, Um, rightly so and so therefore you don't have a lot of time to say what you want to say and what it's like to be a person who doesn't have the representation that they necessarily need our community needs and so uh, when when I was finally convinced to write the book I was like actually I want to tell a story in my way where nobody else gets to edit it nobody gets to decide what version of that story is edited to make it more pleasing for the audience I get to say unabashedly the way I want to say it so what was I like as a kid uh, um, Naturally, ten starts. Uh, it starts from the start and ends, uh, pretty much today, uh, and I really do go in on what it was like as a kid. Th- I will preface it by saying this: uh, the book is really light-hearted. I promise, like it's playful and it's fun, and I hope it will make you laugh. And each of you gets—they th- all get a copy with this, right? I think, so. I think so. I think so. Do you want get a copy of the book? Okay, great. Okay, great. Um, well, then I'm, I'm not trying to sell you on the book. I assumed you already got one, but I just wanted to check. So you guys already got this book, so I don't need to sell you on it. I'm just, I truly am wanting to convey that it really is lighthearted and it's a really easy read. But there are some stories that were the reason why I wanted to write this book. And one of the main ones is the start of when I was a boy, and you ask how I was as a kid. I was a nice boy, I was a sweet boy, I was a well-behaved boy, but I was a troubled boy. Um, And not because of my sexuality. I've mentioned this once before, I'm going to say it again. When you are a person of colour in a very small town with very few um, people of colour, there were seven other people of colour in my school. That's Nothing. And you guys, most of you, I'm assuming, live in San Francisco. It's so nice to see a more diverse mix. But imagine for a moment you're in a small town and you there are only six of the people that kind of look a bit like you in your school. It's super intimidating. And so the reason why I wanted to include this chapter is because... You see me be light-hearted, hopefully playful, often snarky, um, but relatively light-hearted on Queer Eye. But it doesn't just happen. Uh, the, uh, Queer Eye is a very real show. We don't get told what to say. We behave the way we want to behave, and that's why I think it's such a beautiful show. But this version of me wasn't always the version of me. I had to learn to be more playful and and com- and relatively comedic and and try and make sure that I made people laugh so they do not beat the shit out of me, and I want to explain this. I, from the age of four or five, so we start school earlier than you guys, we um, start kindergarten at three, by the age of five, we're in school. And... Uh, when I the, the, I used to have this horrible panicked feeling when my brother who's closest to me in age, he's a couple of years older than me, he was in school at the same time as me, he would if he were sick, that would mean that I would have to walk to school on my own and my parents, are immigrant parents, they worked m- jobs m- multiple jobs, and so we had to walk ourselves to school and if my brother wasn't with me, it was a, a 10 minute walk, not even, a couple of streets so I didn't have to cross a road, but it was it was a lengthy enough walk, and it was a terrifying, sorry state of affairs. That at the age of five, and I want to, I, I want you to just to imagine for a moment. I don't, whatever your ethnicity, just imagine for a moment. You're five years old, and you all know somebody who's five, whether it be a child, a niece, a nephew. Imagine your child going walking to school, and thinking how hyper-aware they are of their colour because somebody is going to try and beat the shit out of them purely because they're brown. That legitimately was my fight every day, my siblings' fights every day. That's a sorry thing to know, a sad thing to know at five, that somebody who's in his late teens, early 20s will actually kick the shit out of me because I'm brown. And so... I was a very quiet kid because I was worried to speak up because somebody might hit me. I was a very gay child. It was very clear I was gay, but I already had too much to handle. I already had so much to focus on, which was to to focus on being brown. Like that was my biggest hurdle that I needed to conquer when I was a kid. Be, I didn't even have the bandwidth to, to know how to try and add in gay. So. That was, my, that was my childhood. I was doing everything I could to try and make sure that I wasn't beaten every day. Um, and there's a story in the book that I, I really... Need, if you choose to not read the rest of the book, please read two chapters in particular about this first chapter because I, I want you to just... If you've got family members or people in your community that you know are fuckwits and they are racist or homophobic, speak out. Tell If they say something that's negative, that's offensive, that's racist, don't just be like... Well, that's granddad. No, granddad, granddad can be a dick too. Like, he really can. Um, and so, and I'm not saying be aggressive. There's no reason to be aggressive. I learned from a very early age, aggression is not the way we win them over. I know, Imogene, it's not. I'm going to teach you now. Um, <laughs> Aggression is not the way we win them over. We win them over by having conversations with them. And so there's this one horrible story. This is just one of the many examples that I share in the book. Um, it's when they finally got me and my brother. And writing the book was hard because of this. You have to think about the things that you haven't thought about in so long because you do all you can to get through and be happy and be a better, a happier person. And so for decades, I hadn't thought about what it was like to be a, a kid. But thinking back through that and writing that was some of the hardest uh, emotional shit I've had to go through in a very very long time there's a, 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 a part in the book that I only read once after I wrote it to record the audio book and we had to do so many takes because I, I, it was just so painful to read where these bullies, we, were, I was nine and these people were in their mid to late teens, early twenties and they they got us
0: and I remember that, that chapter in the book uh, you saying that your parents had to watch you from the window if you were crossing the street to go to the corner store and in this specific incident you said that the look in your father's eyes is something you had never seen before never seen before pure terror yeah and i think what you're saying about like the onus being on allies mm-hmm. to do the educating so it's not yeah. always on minorities is yeah. so important
1: yeah so important people the, uh, we're so badly perceived or represented in the media people don't want to listen to us you're more willing to listen to somebody who looks like you who's part of your community than you are to listen to me
0: totally um so there obviously is racism and prejudice coming from outside of your own community but you also write about how there is colorism within the south asian community that you also had to grapple with
1: let me say this if there's any press here who work for one of those fucking trashy magazines, uh, like the National Enquirer. Um, I am a very kind and loving person, but what I will say is go fuck yourself. Um, I There's some people that really can just go fuck themselves. Um, and, uh, and here's the reason... I wrote this book and I'm so proud of this book and there were so many stories in there that, where you really get to know who I am and they latched onto this one thing because they know that it's going to make me look like a vile, vile person uh, and that, that headline was Tan France bleaches his skin." No, I don't. No, I don't. I did as a kid, and they don't, only later on in these articles, at the very end, they explain why, but they get into it as if I've got a real problem with color. No, let me explain it, and I want you to read the book so you understand. When you are a person of color... Colour is a real issue. We don't just have people in the Caucasian community who aren't happy with the fact that we have a certain colour. It's people in our own communities. Actually, I suffered just as much racism in my, in my own community. Thank you, thank you, my dear. You understand it all too well. Um, we have it in our own community, usually from our own family members who are so concerned that we are too dark. And the concern is that if you are fair skinned, you will be more successful. You will get a great marriage. You will land a perfect partner. You will do all the things that come with being beautifully pale. And I was always aware of that. So at 10, I, I crumbled under the pressure, and that's sad. I'm 10, for goodness sake, the fact that a 10-year-old is even worried about the fact that he's got brown skin and that's seen as undesirable is a shocking reality. And so I found a cousin's bleach, I used it, and I used it for about a few days. It hurt so bad that I stopped using it. So, no press... That's not what I do anymore. Don't stop making it sound like I do that anymore. There are reasons why, and I need you to understand, the reasons why people feel so much pressure in, uh, in communities like mine. It's just the media puts so much pressure on us, our communities put so much pressure on us to be as pale and fair as possible because white is right. No, that's not my. That's not what I say. You, that was a lot. It um, was a lot. <laughs> I told you I'm a lot. I love it. We're no. going to make it real lighthearted. This is just the start. We're going to build. We're going to build. Totally. But to go a little bit... Oh, God, really? Go on, tell me. You're going to make me say even harsher stuff? Go.
0: I was just going to say, you know, like, we internalize these messages from society, whether you're a person of color and and you have colorism, like, addling your brain, or whether you're a gay person and there's this whole mask-for-mask situation where to be desirable, you need to be masculine. So my question to you is when... You knew you were gay. I feel like you didn't have an epiphany like a lot of us no, do. No, I didn't. You were
1: just like, Always I know. am this, and this is fly? That 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 honestly wasn't what I thought. I mean, I wish I was that sassy as a kid. Um, <laughs> I just didn't know anything else. Like I saw obviously heteros everywhere, but I didn't. I I just didn't think that was. I knew it wasn't me. I didn't ever think, oh, I'm gay. I just. I didn't know anything else. All I I ever knew was that I was attracted to men.
0: And when you're watching Bollywood films, you're like, I want to marry him too.
1: (sighs) Have any of you seen a Bollywood movie? (laughs) I know they seem tacky as shit, but they're so much fun. Um, And I legit used to think as a kid that I was going to be a Bollywood actor. And let me tell you why this was so delusional. Um, Sorry, I belch a lot. You know how on Queer I, they try and make me seem like I'm the classy one, but trash through and through. You'll see it throughout. The, you're going to see this throughout this. Um, Bollywood, I, so here's the reason why Bollywood was never going to work, but I tried to see it through so hard until I was like 16. Um, I I'd like to believe I was a smart kid, but clearly I was also delusional. And, um, and so Bollywood, you have to be able to dance, you have to be able to act, and you have to be able to read Hindi. I can do none of those things, none of those things. But I felt so strongly that I would be such a formidable talent for them that they would excuse all of those things and teach me my lines phonetically. I can't understand why that didn't happen. However, now that I'm in this industry, I'm thinking, who knows what could happen? <laughs> Stranger shit has happened.
0: Who knows? I'm picturing it now. Yeah. A Bollywood star is born. <laughs> Featuring You. You can do the nose tracing scene? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have the whole bit. Yeah. Can Henry Cavill be my guy, though? Sure. Those pets? Bradley Cooper's fine, but Henry Cavill's my guy.
0: Yeah, swap him in.
1: Ooh, or jo- uh, Michael B. Jordan. Right? Yeah.
0: Let's be real, Tan. You wanted to be Sean Mendez. Don't lie to I'm these people. I'm obsessed
1: with Sean Mendes. Okay. I told you guys. I know I'm old. I'm old enough to be his fucking father. I know. I know it's gross. But that bitch is so hot. Like, my God, that is, the bitch is so hot. And I've talked about it so much in the press that I'm almost positive that he's put a restraining order against me and I don't know it. Because I keep saying, well, maybe he's going to be at this ward show that I'm at. And so he doesn't turn up, but I'm positive he's meant to be there, but he doesn't turn up because he knows fucking crazy's there. But I've made it very clear. Listen, I've got friends in the audience. Woo! I've got friends in the audience, I've got family in the audience um, You know how much I love my husband Rob We'll get to that later But I would, just for a minute, like say Hey Rob, I need you to peace out Whilst I yes. take care of some business um, To make you feel better
0: about your Sean Mendes obsession yeah. I had a thing for Zane he's, he's a bit young Zane's gorgeous But let's take it even worse And more- he's, 20, he's like 26, it's fine, it's totally legal Okay, um, so back to being gay Yeah, (laughs) It always comes back to that. sounded pretty gay to me. Yeah. So as gay people who receive these messages from either our family or the community about, oh, don't walk like that, or your your wrist shouldn't be like that, or don't cross your legs, Mm -hmm. um, we start Mm self-policing. And I know you talk about that in the book, that you went through that, but you've worked through it, it seems like. So talk about... Um, that process of like getting from point A to point B and uh, accepting who you are?
1: Um, I, when I was a kid, I used to try and hide all of my feminine traits uh, because, I, again, I, w- I was too busy um, trying to stay alive for being brown. I, uh, I, I didn't need a, a double whammy. Um, and so I used to cross my legs a lot. Actually, I used to double cross my I can't do it anymore. I'm too old for that shit. I used to double cross my legs. We call it the librarian cross. Um, and and it feels really comfortable like it feels really really comfortable um, but uh, my uh, extended family members used to get really frustrated and kind of slap my legs and say don't sit like that Girl, sit like that and I didn't know any differently any, any better and so I took it to heart and I was like oh shit I better learn to butch it up um, and so I, I did like nobody realised in my school my family that um, I might be as my mum said a little bit off Um <clears throat> And, uh, and, yeah, I, I, I learned to hide it really well. And then, thankfully, when I finally came out at 16, I was like, I'm going to cross my fucking legs all I want. It feels so good.
0: It really does. It's just very natural. Yeah. I don't know if you have this, but anytime... Like, here in San Francisco, I am fooling myself, and I feel like I'm fooling myself at all times. But then, sometimes, if I go back
1: home... No, there's no turning Tanfrance off anymore. Oh, no. love that. Yeah. I don't need to... Fake it for anyone. Um, I mean, I'm on queer. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know I'm gay by now, there's something wrong with you, not me. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: right there in the title. Yeah. So we can leave that like heavy stuff from your childhood in the past. Yes, I have. You, had, you managed to have some fun growing up. There's this hilarious uh, anecdote you tell in the book mm-hmm. about how you told your mom. Hey girl, I'm gonna go to my friend's house for five days. Oh, got it. And, okay, yeah, got it. Go got it, got for it. it.
1: <laughs> okay, here's the thing. When you are, <laughs> uh, when you are uh, living in a Muslim household, but you are living in England, you, uh, you want to do the shit that local kids are doing, that Western kids are doing. And I was one of those kids. I was obsessed with. Um, Uh, Like, Melrose Place, 90210, like, all that from the age of, like, seven or eight, which is real fucked up for a kid. Um, Like, I wanted to be one of those hot mistresses on that show, like, getting ploughed by one of those hot dudes. Like, that's wrong! At seven, that's wrong! But I knew myself so well. Family, I'm so sorry you have to hear this. Um, And so... Uh, And so, yeah, I I was obsessed with America, and I always knew that America was going to be my home. And then, uh, and so you, you, uh, you want to do things that American kids are doing. So you're going to the mall, and you're going to Starbucks. And so I wanted to go to Starbucks. And so we didn't have a Starbucks in my hometown, and so... I used, to, uh, I used to tell my family that I was going to P.E., but who the fuck goes to P.E.? And so, and so, well, what, what self-respecting gay goes to P.E.? And so I went to, um, I went to a mall uh, in another town. Um, and so I used, to, I used to lie to them a lot just to be able to do the things that I desperately wanted to do. And it, there were little lies that wouldn't hurt them. It's just that they wouldn't understand. And so it got to the point where I was getting really good at it like, lying to them, and they thought I was so innocent, and bless them, my mom still does, like, she really does, she's going to, at one point, she's coming to one of these in England, and she's going to hear this shit, and she's going to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and so, uh, oh, are there, any, is there any, are there any kids in here? I swear a lot. Is, is there anybody under 15? Is there anybody under 15, 16? Great. Okay, great. Um, so I can fucking fuck all of one. Um, and so, there was somebody in the audience a couple of days ago who was, like, eight, and I said the most disgusting thing on stage, and then the the kid giggled, and I thought it was a, a woman. I was like, "Oh, thank you, ma'am. I'm glad you enjoyed it." And it was like an eight year old. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, so you learn to lie real early on when you're in a, a Muslim household, and so I, um, and so I was like, "Hey, mom." Other than P.E., which was school time, we weren't allowed to hang out outside of school. We went to school and then something called mosque, which is like our version of synagogue. And um, I know you're in San Francisco, but the last few shows I've been to, they had no idea what mosque was. So I've I've got to kind of explain what it is. Um, And so I, I live in Utah. Like, that's just the way it is. Anyway, so... I, uh, I, I told, I told uh, so I, I never used to go outside of, uh, out of um, school time. And so by the time I had l- reached 16, 17, I still had never gone outside of the house outside of school time. And so I said to my mom, um, You know me. You know how responsible I am. You know what a good boy I am. Um, I, uh, can I just please have like five days? I'm going to go and stay with my friend across town. And she was like, you know we don't do that. I know, Mom, I know. But I'm such a good boy. You know you can trust me. Okay, fine. Five days only. Fine. It was my 17th birthday. Instead, this bitch went to New York and lived it up. (laughs) Lived it up. I told her, I told her, look, again, so responsible, so mature. Don't worry, I won't need to call you every day. Like, that's ridiculous. I've never caused you problems before. I won't cause you problems again. So I'd convinced my moronic friends, three of them. I was like, come on, morons, we can do this. Like, I had never been to London, which was two hours away. Never been to London. But I knew how to use a train. I knew how to do things at the airport, because we'd been to Pakistan before. Like, We kind of knew how that works. And I, I took myself across the fucking globe. And I had the time of my life. And I lied so well that I continued to do it every six months for the next five years. My mum never found out. <laughs> this is not like a self-help book or an advice book. <laughs> this is like a, like a cautionary tale. Or how, if you really want to learn how to lie well to your family, that's, that's what you'll get from this book. And, a, and loads of really good I told you so's.
0: And if you want a tutorial on how to get into Jay Z's club when you're underage,
1: I look. I've looked forty <laughs> since I was twelve. <laughs> I went. I started. I've never not been grey. I always had flecks of grey. Always, like four, five, six, seven. In in that that photo, which is in the book, um, I, I, there's a, a one from the side, and you can see I've got grey hair. like at five, and so. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Um, And so, by the time I hit 17, I got into Jay-Z's Club 4040. No ID. I had the time of my life.
0: Were they distracted by the Von Dutch that you were rocking?
1: (laughs) Sorry. You know, when I met you, I thought, oh, he's going (laughs) to do me real dirty on stage. Um, Hey... It was 1999. We all did it. You know when Paris Hilton was a thing? You remember that? And, uh, and she wore Von Dutch a lot. And when you are in like, my little world where you want to be stylish, you try out the new trends. And so I used to rock like full on head to toe Von Dutch. Shut up, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for being evil. I just love that detail. So I had to bring it up. I made
1: it work. I French took that shit. I made it work. (laughs) Exactly. I made it work.
0: Layer on layer, Von Dutch, Von Dutch, Von Dutch. Tims. We got this. Yeah, yeah. I was all about the Tims. Of course. I
1: thought I was Missy Elliott. I truly wanted to be Missy Elliott, so I was all about those Tims.
0: You truly are super duper fly, so it makes sense. Yeah. So in a previous interview um, that you gave for some outlet that I'm not remembering right now, you mentioned that you don't feel like we as a society talk about positive gay relationships that are successful enough. Yeah. So there's a lot in here about your wonderful marriage. Yeah. And I would love for you to tell the story of how you first met, basically your first date with your husband because (gasps) it's equally about the romance and equally about like dragging Olive Garden.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's... My favorite chapter in the book. Okay, first of all, because you start to understand how my brain works. Um, uh, here's, here, I'm going to preface this by saying, my husband is the fucking best. Like, the fucking best. I've been, we've been together for about 11 and a half years. We've been married for 10 years. Like Angel sent down from heaven. Anyone who knows him, you, you just know he's the fucking best. Um, but when, I, when we first started getting together, I, I, I wasn't meant to be dating. So here's, here's the thing. Before I met Rob, I'd had a couple of really long-term relationships, and I, I'd had the, my heart broken. This dude broke up with me after um, quite some time together. My question for him is, where are you now, bitch? Where are you now? You <laughs> broke my heart so bad. No. It's fine. We're still friends, and he's still single, so it's fine. <laughs> it worked so good for him. It worked so good for him. Um... um yeah, dating's hard, you guys. Um, and so... Um, and so... Uh, I, so I was in Salt Lake City. I was, uh, I, I was visiting Salt Lake City. I had friends there. It's too much to go into. You'll read it in the book. So I ended up visiting Salt Lake a lot. And the boys are hot. That's, the, that's it. The boys are hot. And so um, I, I, I told myself, I'm going to have like a year of celibacy. And I was just going to be single. Um, about a week in... <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fur my way across America. Um, and so, no, uh, so I went to Salt Lake because uh, they really like brown boys with English accents. I was like, oh, why travel? Why spend all the money? I can just get them all there. And so, and so I was going to be single for a while and, uh, and uh, th- my friend put me on this website called Connection. Does anybody remember Connection? Yeah. Don- oh my God, wasn't it the best? It was so good. Like it was. Where are you? Say it again. Put your hand up. Yes, bitch. How old are you? You look too young to know what that is. Good for you. Start early. Good for you. Start early. Um, but Connection was like gay Facebook. You wouldn't ever send an inappropriate picture. Like it was. It was actually a really sweet site. And um, and so. Uh, somebody put me on this website and my husband he's actually the original France his name's Rob France I took his name and so he reached out and started very simply with uh, you don't look like you're from around here and I was like yeah no shit Sherlock that was, my, that was my response and apparently he likes to be treated bad so he was all about it and, um, and so we chatted for a few days and I really liked him, really liked him. He was really sweet, but I kept thinking, I can't date you. Like, I'm meant to be single, and so I can't date you. Um, and, so, <laughs> and, um, and so about four days in, he finally convinced me. He was like, listen, we're getting along so well. I, I really want to take you on a date. Okay. Do, do, you, all, you all saw Will and Grace, obvs, right? Okay. Will and Grace had two friends, Rob and Ellen. Do you remember Rob and Ellen? Frightfully dull, but lovely, and they and the reason why I know they were frightfully dull is because Will, Will and Grace used to make fun of them because they always wanted to go to a place called the Olive Garden. <laughs> And Will and Grace never wanted to go because they said that it's it's a snooze fest, like nothing interesting, most boring place in, uh, in the world. In the world, and so Rob um, was messaging saying, "I really want to take you out." I was like, "Okay, we can go for lunch, non-committal." Um, okay, Will go for lunch, and I was like, "Okay, have you heard of something called the Olive Garden?" <laughs> Duh, yeah, of course I have. Um, okay, I would like to go there, please. And um, do you know if there is one in Utah? He was like, it's Utah. They're fucking everywhere. I was like, great. That's our version of fine dining. Wonderful. And so I was like, yes, I would like to go there. We can go there. And so here's the thing about the Olive Garden. If you're recording this, stop for just a second. You can take pictures and videos straight after this because those pictures are going to come for me. Um, Here's the thing. I I like the Olive Olive Garden. Well... I like this thing about the Olive Garden. Their breadsticks are fucking dynamite. Like dynamite. And if you had their breadsticks with Alfredo sauce, like, fuck, like, it's so good. Like, fuck me sideways with that shit. Like, it's so good. Other than that, other than that, which is fine, but, like, it's $25 roughly for a meal. Like, you can get better somewhere else. Why are you going to the Olive Garden? Anyway, so, here's my favorite thing about the Olive Garden. You walk in, Hi, can I get a table for two? The response is sure. Are you celebrating anything today? I'm at the fucking olive garden. What ailments do I have? What am I mourning today? Ask, lead with those questions. Who the fuck is celebrating at the olive garden? It's like going through the fucking McDonald's drive-thru and they say, oh, is it your wedding? Look at you! (laughs) No! It's the fucking Olive Garden! Anyway, so... uh, It's the Olive Garden. I'm sorry, it's the Olive Garden. Anyway. And so... (laughs) And so... You can start recording again. That's fine, thanks. Um, And so... uh, I continue to go to the Olive Garden. I love the Olive Garden at this point. I still go every year. So if you see me there and you work there, don't spit my food, please. I really enjoy that Alfredo sauce. Um, um, And so here's the thing. I wanted to... I I told my friends I wanted to go to the Olive Garden because if this guy can entertain me in what is by all accounts the most boring place on the planet, um, I love a test on a date. Love... I love a game. Love a challenge. And so... If you, you can impress me enough to entertain me at the Olive Garden, maybe you're a keeper. Anyway, that bitch entertained me so hard. Um, and so it went so well. We then went on to the second part of the date, which was not meant to happen. We went to see a movie. Bride, was, bride was. Um It was the only thing that was on. We, it wasn't planned. We were like, let's go. We'll watch whatever is on. Bridewads. And then we went for a coffee. Then we went to hang out. And then finally we were like, okay, we better end the date. Anyway, liked him so much. Then he scared the shit out of me. Four days later, I was about to leave. He came to say goodbye and he cried and he told me he loved me. And I was like, holy shit. You're definitely newly gay. Um, Yeah. He had no idea how this world worked. Um, Anyway, I was like, okay, I'm going to see him again. Um, But he convinced me to see him again. Um, And the rest is history. He's the best person on the planet. I love him so much. So yes, going
0: back... (laughs) I told you, I lose my train of thought a lot. Um, I love you so much. I just want to listen to you talk at all times. No matter what else happens tonight, mm-hmm. I think the headline for me is going to be, I was fucked sideways by a breadstick in I alfredo said,
1: sauce. I said, fuck me sideways. There it is. Breadsticks alfredo That's sauce.
0: the quote. Print it. Put it on the cover of New York Times tomorrow.
1: I know i meant to be, I think I'm meant to be like a, a classier bitch now that I've made it onto this list. I can't. It's so hard. Live your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to be the one that changes the game for that list. Right? Yeah. I also feel like
0: you could, like, kind of cover a Beyonce song and change the lyric from, like, take his ass to Red Lobster to take his ass to Olive Garden. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's an opportunity there. Yes,
1: absolutely. Apparently, um, she was then endorsed by them, so hopefully Olive Garden will just spin this shit and pay me. Yes.
0: Or the makers of Alfredo sauce, Like, his DMs are open.
1: Yeah. Yes. No, here's the thing. I need to make it very clear. Alfredo sauce isn't great anywhere else. It's the Olive Gardens that's so good. <laughs>
0: You're really ingratiating yourselves with that brand right now. I honor that. Yeah. So Rob did so well at the Olive Garden that you so guys well.
1: ended up... Can I... Uh, can, I need to for make it. a correction. I just said that for effect. Um, he didn't do really well. No. And he will openly admit that it's just the way it is. Actually, I want to tell you a couple of other things. about. Okay, so a lot of it's in the book, but my favorite thing about it is this. My favorite thing about it is this. So we'd been chatting for like four days. And um, you're taking photos. I've got to make sure my jeans look right. Um, So we'd been chatting for like four days. And uh, and I didn't mention at any point that I was British because the thing that was driving my friends crazy when we'd go out to the club is that um, these boys that they were interested in would... uh, want to ha- talk to me because I had this accent and we don't have English people in Utah we have purely beautiful uh, blonde like uh, uh, super hot but it's very very white very very or used to be very very white and so and so yeah they didn't have they didn't have British people and so um I, I didn't mention that I was British I didn't mention what country I was from I just thought if you like me you like me like let's just hang out so m- I want to uh, m- let me make this clear Rob is the best guy on the planet. Don't judge him super harshly with what I'm about to say. For those four days, what I didn't realize is that Rob thought I was Mexican. Yeah. Now, something you should know. He is not racist. He is from Wyoming. He didn't know, you guys. He just didn't know. And he he was thinking, to be fair, he deduced that there was a brown guy in Salt Lake why the fuck would a British South Asian man come to Utah that makes no sense it made a lot more sense that somebody came up from Mexico and decided to try and shag his way through Utah Um, and so yeah so my husband's racist anyway there you go There there you have it. and so he married me to be able to say well I can't be racist I married a brown guy he says it all the time it drives me insane
0: So, you guys ended up doing long distance for six years. I have a question to quote Kanye West. Houseway? How? Like, LDRs are brutal. Like, how'd you make that work? No, they're
1: not. No, they're not. Okay. I told myself I was. I may as well just stand. You know, there's a. Is there anybody Indian here? Okay, great. Do you have this word... In, in Pakistani culture, we call it prathprath Do you know what bruth is? Do you know what bruth-bruth is? Do, do you know what the term ants in your pants is? Okay, so it's somebody who can't sit still for longer than a few seconds. My family don't call me tan, they call me prathprath Um I can't sit for very long at all. Um, also, side note, I want to tell you this other story. We're going to come to Queer Eye in a moment. Oh, also, I can't... Fo- I'd struggle with focusing on one thing. Um, and I'm going to give you an example of how... We have, on the show, on Queer Eye, and this isn't the Queer Eye part, remind me to, uh, to answer this question that you asked me, because I'm going to forget. <laughs> on Queer Eye, we have something called a talent wrangler, and they don't have these on, on sets, other than for, like, Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. <laughs> and that person is hired for Tan France and Jonathan Van Ness. <laughs> trying... To get us to just focus on a camera and the hero is nigh on impossible. If you were watching Queer Eye and you see Anthony, Jonathan and... No, Anthony, Bobby and and Karamo in a scene. There's never just three of us in the scene. There's meant to be five. Look in a corner. There's two episodes in particular. I'm not going to tell you which ones they are. You will see me and Jonathan in a corner with either my hands down his top or his hands down my top. Just... I just want to play. Like, we just want to play. You're listening to a podcast of Inforum, an innovation lab at the Commonwealth Club. Support our podcast and find out about upcoming live events in San Francisco at inforumsf.org. I don't know how we got onto this. What was your question?
0: I don't even remember at this point, but that was better than whatever my question was.
1: Does anybody remember the question?
0: Oh, yeah, LDRs. Oh,
1: my God, yeah. So, <laughs> holy shit. You're like, Jonathan loves holy my nipples? Holy shit. I, okay, sorry. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to turn this into, like, a lecture, but I'm, I'm going to lecture you on, on one thing. Um, so, long-distance relationships. When somebody says, I can't make a long-distance relationship work, it's too much hard work. Actually, you know what? It's not. And let me tell you why. When you, so you know when you're dating a guy or a girl in the first few weeks? I'm so sorry, Uncle Brent. I'm going to tell say something really disgusting right now. <laughs> Don't tell Rob's mom. And so when you start dating somebody, shagging is so good. Like that sex is so fucking good. Within the first few months, uh, you're like, oh my God, this is the best guy in the world. Like he does me so right. And then about six months in, you're like, that guy's a cunt. Like, he is the worst. How the fuck did I not see that? It's because you were (laughs) dickmatized. That sex was so good, you didn't realize he's a fucking tool or she's a fucking tool. The nice thing with a long-distance relationship is that you don't get to have sex with those people. (laughs) I All I had, I was living in England, he was living in America. I would see him every six months or three months. But other than that, we had, what we didn't even FaceTime, we had Skype. And we would Skype every day for hours and hours and hours. So when you take sex out of the equation, all you have is emotion. And it makes uh, for a really, actually can make for a really, really strong relationship. So by the time we actually finally were able to be together full time, permanently, I knew every facet of this boy, every facet of his personality. I knew exactly how to manage any disruption we might have arguments we have it made for a much stronger relationship so if you're single and you say well i can't find anyone great in this town i moved to the other side of the world to find my hot mormon dude and then i continued to facetime him every day i Skype him every day for six fucking years believe me you can commit and you can make it work there's a way it's just gonna take some work
0: and it helps when they say things like I'm positive you're my person. When I read that in the book, I was like, swoon, what the... Uh, I know. I'm not going to curse. I know. He's...
1: God, he's a good man. Yeah, he told me that he was positive I was his person. I was like, yeah, I'll marry you. (laughs) He didn't ask me. I just was like, yeah, I (laughs) Actually, do you know what convinced me? It was actually the first date, legit the first date. Um... I don't know if you know what Rob does for work. He, uh, for work, I know on Instagram you'll see that he's an artist, and he is, but he's actually a pediatric nurse. All those ovaries I hear, all of them, for you men as well. Hello. Um, and um, I love a surprise guest.
0: Love. That was like on the Ellen show when someone, like, boxed yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was
1: cute. Um, and so, uh, wait, what were we talking about?
0: Um, pediatric pediatric
1: nurse nurse. could you imagine somebody telling you that on the first date you'd be thinking okay so I I literally was thinking in my head I'll marry this guy Like, I I really did I thought what better person can you find he saves children's lives for a living I can't do better than that you can't I
0: mean what like, that one-liner, like, sticks with me just as much as this one-liner from Casper. I don't know if you've seen it. It's an Oscar-winning movie. It's not. Um, he looks at her. He used to be a ghost, Casper now he's a person. Casper the girl. Yes. Yeah. He used to be a ghost, now he's a person for, like, a limited amount of time. It's yeah. sad. Christina Ricci's there. And he looks at her and says, can I keep you? Boom.
1: Buff! You don't like that? Buff! No. You don't like to be... That's owned. too much cheese for me. And I love a, <laughs> uh, love a hefty cheese board, but that's way too much cheese for me.
0: Maybe it's one of those movies where, like, when, you, you know, it stuck with you from childhood, but then when you watch it when you're growing up, you're like, problematic.
1: Yeah, okay. if somebody said that to me about, bitch, you're crazy, I won't see you again. Uh, don't well, say that to anyone, I promise you. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> don't say it to anyone. It's cute for a movie.
0: It's cute for a movie. Yeah. So, you had... So many jobs when you were baby.
1: Is that my baby crying? It's his baby. Oh, my God.
0: So you had 24 jobs before you became a fashion impresario, maven, whatever. Yeah. Do you have tips for us who, like, don't present as charming as you do to, like, how to You're win the current. job? Is it about what you dress like, what you say? Because you said that Sometimes the job, you had no previous experience, and you're like, yeah. I'm going to be me, and they're going to give me the job, and then I'm going to quit during my lunch break.
1: Yes. You will learn in this book that... I, actually, I don't tell the truth. I counted this many, and then I stopped counting. I had 24 jobs within, like, five years. I know. What I'm most impressed by is that I got 25 jobs, like, 24 jobs. Um, and then who knows however, however many more. My tips are probably simple. I was very confident with the fact that I was going to get the job. Even if I wasn't going to get the job, I presented in a confident way. But then my outfits were wicked. They were wicked. You know, when I'd go to the interview and I'd be dressed in a suit and I'd go and tell the lady or the man, uh, I'm here to see... uh, John Hughes and, um, and she'd be like oh yeah I could take a seat but well, then everybody else who was sat there would think that I was from another office and I was one of the other directors and so they'd sh- suck up to me and then they'd see me get up for a meeting and they'd be like that bitch wasn't for uh, he wasn't running this shit no I just dressed like I was running this shit I wore an appropriate suit dress appropriately for a bloody interview for goodness sake dress up more than you think you'll need to they will respect you for it. Even if you don't need to dress up that much, do it. Like, I would rather be more dressed up than dressed down and not get the job. So that's what, so that's what happened in the first one. And then I continue to do it over and over again. And, but what is terrible, as you can probably imagine, is I don't concentrate well. <laughs> so I got 24 jobs in a short amount of time. And within the first day, if, you know if you will learn one thing about me tonight, it's this. I am very resolute. If I've come to a decision, I've come to a decision, I am stubborn, stubborn as an ox. And so... If I get to my job on the first day and within the first couple of hours, I'm like, mm, don't think I'm ever going to faint here. Um, my regular ch- trick was this. Um, I would say, I'm going to need a quick, like, I need to go on lunch early. I think I'm starving. Um, oh, see, first date. Yeah, I know. But I re- if I could go on lunch early, that would be wonderful. Okay, yeah, sure. And then I would get the fuck out of there and not tell anyone. Not tell anyone. Not a call to say, I'm sorry, I quit. Like just They would try and call me and say, did you die on lunch break? Like, you, did you fall down a well? Don't know. Never answered. <laughs> if, I, if I know I don't like a job, I just don't like it. Get me out of there. And I don't have the balls to say I don't want to be here. So I just... Two things you'll learn about me. I get a lot of jobs and I'm a fucking pussy.
0: <laughs> My favorite way that you quit a job was you went to the airport oh, yeah. to go on a business trip to Spain. You didn't go to Spain. No. Tell the people.
1: I went to go and sleep with my husband. Um, I, was meant to, um, I was meant to go. Uh, I was working uh, as like a, a, like a district manager for a, um, a clothing store, a retail company. And I'd been there for about two months, hated it. This guy who was my boss was a complete monster. And, um, and so I, I decided enough was enough. Um, but I was meant to be going to Spain to help open one of the new stores that they had. And, um, and I was sat at the airport. and I was like, ah, fuck this. Um, and so instead, I walked over to the other terminal and booked a flight to Salt Lake City <laughs> to see Rob. Um, and I texted my boss saying, oh, I'm not coming to Spain. I'm going to go sleep with my husband. And so I did.
0: That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You quit with the
1: flourish. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I lost you at this point. Um, I'm not a monster. I just... Don't take authority. This is my real issue. I wasn't very good with authority figures. I just didn't like being told what to do. You just can't tell me what to do. I can't be told and I shan't be told. Words
0: to live by. So after quitting all of these jobs, you managed to build up three brands, I believe. Pretty much on your own. Yeah. Do you attribute that success to this thing that's instilled in children of immigrants where their
1: failure is not an option? Yes, but actually, that, there's more to that f- for me. So my family are a family of entrepreneurs. Um, and I, I, I always knew I wanted to start my own businesses because, uh, as, as I said, I shan't be told what to do. And so... I I always knew I wanted to start my own businesses. Um, And I I think I always knew that I wanted to be in fashion or style. And you'll learn why um, when you read read the book. Um, But I had a real connection to clothing. And so I I started my businesses. But the reason why I desperately wanted to do it was um, I wanted to prove myself. I really did, and uh, I was one of my, I have many favorite stories in the book. I guess I added all my favorites. Um, but one of them was that I'll. Okay, how much time do we have? Thirty-three minutes. So go off. Okay, great. Got so much more to say. So <laughs> I. Uh, so when you come from a, any immigrant families or people who have moved to the U.S., you know this all too well. You have two options. When you come to this country or when you're born to this country of immigrant parents, you get to be a doctor or a lawyer. Or if you're not doing as well as the doctor or lawyers, you can be an engineer as a backup. But your parents will hate you for it. But you get to at least have that as a backup. I was meant to be a psychologist. I, my One of my siblings is. Um, and so... I I was too weak to tell my mom... My dad passed away when I was younger, so it was just my mom. I was too weak to tell her that I I, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm not super academic. I don't enjoy it. I want to be in fashion. And so um, I... uh, This will tie back to the quitting story. Um, I signed up for uh, psychology. I went and started going to college, started my first year, and I was like, holy fuck, this is boring as fuck. And (laughs) anyone who does... Psychology, wonderful for you. Like, congratulations. I hope you love it. But for me, I need, as you can tell, I need like real stimulation. I need to be able to do what the fuck I want. And so, and so, uh, I, I quit. Um, and then I signed up for fashion college instead, and didn't tell my family. And um, and and then I continued to like pursue fashion. I didn't quit that. And then on my graduation, I was like, hey, mom. You come into my graduation? Yeah, sure. You want to come ride with me? Yeah, sure. And then as we started to drive, we got close to the college. I was like, "Oh, tricky bitch! I'm not going to be a psychologist. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a really fucking fabulous. I'm, <laughs> I'm graduating on a fashion degree today. Um, and it was really sweet. She just very quickly was, a <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was driving, so it was shocking. And then I thought, "Oh, that's it." And <laughs> A couple more, legit slapped the shit out of me. Um, but then um, again, it's not a self-help book. And then again, um, uh, and then uh, so what I did was this. My, the rest of my family was driving separately. they were really, really fucking angry. Like really angry. It was as if I'd gotten a girl pregnant. Like that could have. Been, that would have been as bad as what I was telling them. Like you're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I'm really not, and so um, I, I, t- I promised her this. I was like, "Listen, you know me. I'm your most responsible child. <laughs> <laughs> so responsible, because she still didn't know about New York, so it's fine." Um, <laughs> I, I don't know where she thought I was getting all my Timberlands from. Anyway, <laughs> and so I um, I said, "Listen, I'm, I'm, uh, here's here's the thing, and I, this is actually true, and, and, and very seriously, I was like, I um, You know that." I am actually very responsible. I've always, I had jobs before then. I saved up my money. Um, I, I, did, I did work at school. I got good grades. I was like, I, if, I've never let you down. And so I promise if you let me do something that is so against what boys in my culture do, I promise you I will be your most successful child. And that was an, an arrogant comment. I, the reason why I said that was this. If you are going against the grain in, a, in an immigrant family, You really have to prove yourself. Otherwise, you fuck it up for everyone else. Like, could you imagine if I fucked that up so royally and I ended up on the poverty line? I would forever be the butt of the joke. Like, you can't pull a tan France. Like, that... So, no, you can't do this other thing that you want to do. You don't get to be a creative person. So, I really... It put so much pressure on me. And so, I was so, so driven to make sure that no matter what, I did it and I did it well enough to make her proud. And... Yeah, thankfully I did. I created three businesses. They did really well. Um, and then at uh, 33, I was selling my businesses and I was going to retire. And I actually retired. Um, and I was going to have my... Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Um, and, uh, and what I was going to do was I was going to have children, uh, not somebody else's children. I was actually going to have my own. And, um, and instead... Five days later, Netflix called and said, do you want to be on a show? And my answer was, no.
0: <laughs> and then your husband was like, you're going to say yes to that, yeah. actually? You've yeah. always been complaining that you don't have gay friends. This is how you're going to make them on this gay-ass show. Yeah.
1: That really was it. Um, I was in Vegas. I, uh, I was on vacation. We had given up. Uh, well, I'd given up on work, and I was going to just chill. In Vegas, with Rob, got a call from a guy, uh, and he was like, we, uh, Netflix wants to audition you for um, this show called Queer Eye. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm retired. I'm done. Um, and he was like, that's ridiculous. Um, what are you going to do with, the, hopefully, your next 50 years? And I was like, be at home and watch Netflix. And... <laughs> And stare at my accomplishment with my husband, thinking, I can't believe you fucking married me. I can't believe I convinced you and lied to you enough that you would consider marrying me. Um, anyway, he, uh, he com- uh, Rob, my husband, was like, hey, Tan, you don't have many gay friends. You've been working every hour that God sends. You don't have many friends. And so this is your opportunity. You're going to have a room full of gays. And you can talk to anyone. And he was like, you'll make gay friends in a heartbeat. I was like, yeah, all right, maybe I'll consider that. So I truly went to meet gays, my new gays. <laughs> and I met them. And, uh, and they were actually legitimately, they were Bobby Caravo, Anthony, and Jonathan. And uh, before, this was the first day or so. This was a three-day process. Um, the sh- uh, the, they hadn't cast us. And by the second day, we had a text thread that was called, very arrogantly, the Fab Five. We thought, <laughs> no, but legitimately, we thought, even if... We don't get the job. Like, I know I'm going to be friends with these idiots. Like, these are my kind of idiots. Um, And then we all leave L.A. Sorry, the audition was in L.A. We all leave L.A. And I get a call a few days later from Netflix saying, we are offering you the job. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was just there to make friends. (laughs) I collected my gaze and I left. Um... (laughs) And, uh, and uh, they convinced me to, to do the job. And I, 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 took, I tried to quit. As you know, obviously, I tried to quit. Um, I tried to quit a couple of times before uh, I started shooting. And they convinced me to do it. Um, and then we started shooting. And then I tried to quit every day. <laughs> for about two and a half weeks. Um, And then finally, I pulled the ultimate baller move. About 11.30 at night, we just wrapped on episode two, halfway through episode three. They're out of order on on Netflix, but we were shooting uh, episode three. And I didn't think I could do it. And it was because I was so scared. I was scared of many things. I didn't want to be that brown guy, brown gay guy on... A major show like this it was really intimidating and so um and then also i'd never done this before i'd never done show business before i'd never tried for show business before this shit came out of nowhere and that it really is intimidating when you are on a set with um 30 something crew i the first day i shot with kurai it was a solo scene i had never done anything like it before and i stood there all these people were there they're like okay go tan the fuck do you do? Like, how do you pretend, like, you're okay with this? Like, you don't see all these cameras, and just remember to be yourself. Okay. How does a fucking human stand? Like, when... Anyway. And so... And so... No, I was kicking my things down. Um, And so... And so I, um, and, and so two and a half weeks in, I, I texted my um, executive producer. We were all living in the same apartment building, and I texted him at about eleven thirty at night and said, "Can I come and see you? I need to talk to you." Went down to his apartment building, got to his door. I was crying a little bit, and uh, he was like, Are "You okay?" I was like, "Hey, I've got something to tell you." Go on. Um, I booked my flight home. I leave tomorrow morning. Um, I quit. I won't sue you if you don't sue me. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, you think that I can't sue you? I was like, I am retired. You think I don't have light?" And he was like, whoa, 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 what the fuck is going on? And I was like, oh, shit, wait, what? And he was like, okay, let me tell you why you should calm down. Like, please don't go. And the reason why I was quitting is this, because I'm a quitter, and then secondly, is is because I really was scared. Um... Uh, the other boys... The other boys... I love the other boys. But they have their, their version of them. And they they are exactly the same on the show. But they're just slightly more American. <laughs> Confirm me all you want. You know it's a thing. You know it. You guys can turn it on better than anyone else in the world. Um, <laughs> you have Oprah. Like, come on. And so... And so... Who I love. Um, very, very much. Um, and so... Uh, so they knew how to do it, and I didn't. I, I, I was so very, very British at the time. I've changed a lot. Um, I was very, very British at the time. You can see I'm, I love a stage now. Um, and so at the time, I was really nervous, and so... I, I said, look, I can't do it. I can't do what the other four do. And the others all came from this world. They all have done TV before. They'd all auditioned for years and years and years. And so they, they knew it. They, they knew how to do this. And I was so scared thinking, I'm ruining the show. I'm ruining the show. And so I legit cried every couple of hours in the restroom. When you watch uh, season one, like I've got puffy eyes the whole season. Like, I cried so hard all the time. I'd cry, so what I'd do is I'd film a scene and I'd be like, I just need to use the restroom real quick. Can you turn my mic off? Yeah, sure. Woo, woo. I cry my heart out. And then, here's a trick. Jade roller. Roll the shit. I'll Jade roller. Go right back on set and you're good to go. Nobody ever figured it out. And then, um, and so I was like, I, I, I don't know if I can do it. He convinced me I could. He was like, listen, we hired you because, well, clearly we knew you were British. You fucking idiot. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. We could tell you a different Oh, yeah. Um, And so he was like, we hired you because you're nothing like the others. So just please continue to be yourself. And so I just... Do you know how Jonathan always says, who gave you permission? He gave me permission to just be myself. And then I was like, oh, I can't fucking do this. And so now I love being on the show now. Like, it's the best thing in the world.
0: All these people are beyond glad you did not quit and that you stayed on the show because... You're an amazing person. Thank you. Also, representation
1: is important. really is. But let me tell you, that is... Sorry, I cut you off. But what I'll say is, it's, you guys, I know that nobody's saying, oh, Tan, you represent us. I know they're not. But you feel that pressure. You really do. And it is actually really intimidating. And that is what was really scary at the start. When there wasn't an, an openly gay uh, South Asian person on TV at that point, Especially, well, maybe there was, but not on a scale like this. This was a fully global show. And that's actually terrifying. And here's the thing <clears throat> that I find... Sorry, I could have moved my mic away. <laughs> here's the thing with, um, with the pressure of that. When, when the press... When the press... <laughs> they back. Um, when the press talks, this was from the very, very start. The day that Queer Eye came out in the press, the show became massive very quickly, like in a heartbeat. And so the press picked it up immediately. And I was so jealous of the other boys because the press would talk about Anthony Porofsky, blah, 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 blah. Barbie Burke, blah, 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 blah. Muslim immigrant South Asian tan France the fuck where the fuck did that come from? and i knew it i knew it was coming and every day since it's always mentioned always they never talk about the fact that kramer's christian they never talk about the the fact that um that anthony's polish and he's also christian nobody else gets that always always south asian muslim tan france that's a lot that's a lot and i know if you if you don't come from a a minority group that may not sound like much but that adds so much pressure that means that what you say is not just what you're saying when i when anthony speaks anthony speaks as anthony provsky when i speak i speak as oh is that what south asians think no that's not that's what i think
0: I imagine there's some like activist burnout from being on the press circuit and being kind of tokenized in that way and just being like oh speak for this whole demographic and like you're saying they get to be themselves and you have to represent this huge group of people so has that burden kind of lifted off of your shoulders or is that something you
1: still feel? You know I've said in the press enough um, I told you I was stubborn and I've said in the press enough um, I, I don't I can't represent uh, a community. All I can do is be myself. I will give my own opinions. I will speak freely. I will be visible. But I'm not not professing to represent anyone. I represent myself only. Mm -hmm. That's it.
0: Another example of people just seeing you not as tan but as Muslim are people at airports, specifically after 9-11. Yeah. You included a chapter in here... (sighs) about that whole thing? Um, yes. And you've been stopped 24 times, I think you said? Yeah.
1: Um, here's the thing. This, so the, um, so much of the book uh, was relatively simple to write because a lot of it, as I said, is really lighthearted. Um, the way a book works when you are asked to write a book, you are given a deadline, a very, very hard deadline. And so I got um, to the point where I would finished my first draft, second draft, final draft... And the reason why I wanted to write this book was because of this one chapter, it's called 9-11. Just listen to me before uh, anyone heckles or says anything rough. Just let me finish my sentence, please, or oh, this part first, before you um, jump down my throat. Um, when I wanted to write this book because of this one chapter, but then when it came to writing the book, I was too scared to write this chapter. I was too scared to include this chapter. And then the book closed. And every day, every night, I struggled to sleep for a couple of weeks thinking, you're a fucking phony. Like, you didn't include the one thing that you should have included because you have... A platform like no one else in this community um, and you should be using it and, but I was too scared to use it and so a couple of weeks after the book closed I called my publishers in panic saying I need to add one more chapter and they were like it closed like you could, it's too late it's going to the press like the press already had their, their versions of it you only had oh, actually you may have got did you get the original copy with, without the chapter? I or had the
0: original and then I had to get this one two days ago okay for yes. the chapter okay.
1: <laughs> yeah because it, did, it didn't include it because I was, uh, it was too late and I was too scared and here's the reason why I was scared. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, here's the thing. When so, I've been I've been coming to this country for more than half my life at this point, so regularly, and I'm stopped. Almost every time when I come to this country and I'm detained for a few hours where they will ask me the same bullshit questions every time. When was the last time you used heavy machinery? When was the last time you visited the Middle East? When was the last time you did this, did that? That They're asking nobody else unless they look like me. Uh, my, uh, my legal name is Tanvir Safdar, which is, a, which is a Muslim name. Um, anyway, and I took my husband's name when we got married. And, um, and the hard thing is this. When you nine uh, eleven happened and I was seventeen, and every one of us who 's over a certain age remembers where we are where we were when nine eleven happened, I was just as terrified as anyone else is in this room, so were all of my people and every time i 'd come into America, you see, you would see everywhere, never forget, and I, I totally get that notion, of course, I get that we should never forget the people who were the victims of 911 however the longer the longer this goes on the longer that we are never forgetting it means this it means that as long as we are never forgetting we are never forgetting that muslims are the threat brown people are the threat and you anybody who's not Uh, 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 from the Middle East or South Asia or Muslim we may not understand how this part feels but when you are when when a terrorist act occurs or when you're worried about a terrorist act we are worried too we are scared too. It's not just, oh, well, the Muslims must be fine because it's the Muslims who are doing it. No, we are just as terrified as everybody else. Those terrorists aren't discriminating. They're not saying, oh, Tanzan town, we shouldn't bomb that place. No, that's not it. Everybody perishes when those, when those terrorists attack. And the hardest part is, is that, not only then are we do we have the threat of terrorism as, as all of you guys, we are going through it every day on the street because the press has done enough to instill fear in every one of us that we are a problem. And what that means then is that from the age of 17 to now, those racist taunts we got changed immediately. No longer was it this one word, it's, it's, there's this horrible word that I'm not going to say, um, that they use, which is, for us it's as bad as the n-word it's so shocking and hurtful and upsetting to hear and so no longer was it that word, the things that they would say on the street is fucking terrorist Fucking raghead. Get the fuck out of our country. Why? You don't belong in our country. That kind of shit. And every time you go on a plane, not anymore because I have the luxury of being Tan France, but up until I was y- your version of Tan France, you go on a plane, somebody's shifty, they're worried that you're going to cause a problem. We are just as scared as everybody else, but we have the added threat. Of the victims or the people who are worried then also treating us as a terrorist so not only are we scared of the terrorists we are scared of everybody else attacking us because they are worried that we are terrorists also so um, the chapter is for this reason only i need people to start to understand and truly truly see that terrorists are terrorists muslims are muslim we are just as scared as you And we have, and we have the added pressure of having to deal with that every, We have the added pressure of ha- having to deal with that threat literally every day.
0: Thank you for writing that chapter. Thank you for speaking on that today, because I feel like it's something we don't hear the Muslim perspective about 9/11, and I'm so grateful that you wrote that chapter. Thanks. I want to make today. it
1: clear. I'm not saying we should forget. Please understand. I'm not saying we should forget. I'm just saying that the longer that that is everywhere, the longer that we see, um, if you see something, say something, the longer we are going to be treated as terrorists.
0: So we got real deep. Let's get real shallow. Yes, please. Um, I have lightning round questions, then we're going to get to the audience questions. We have 11 minutes left. We're going to do this. I can't do that. (laughs) We'll try, and then, um, you know. i fail. Great. there is no failure great. Um, okay, so first landing round question.
1: Are these audience questions? Not yet. Okay.
0: This is something that I, I just want to put on you. It's, it's kind of going to be an albatross because it's going to be hard, go. but I think you're up for the challenge. Go. So, growing up, certain millennials with taste played the Spice Girls with their friends, yeah. and you had to assign people to each yes. thing. So, Fab Five, Who's Who, go.
1: Bobby's Baby, um... Uh, Jonathan's uh, scary spice. Um, Karamo is sporty spice because he loves a tracksuit. He lives in a tracksuit. Um, who does that leave us? I'm posh,
0: obviously. Who's the other one? Anthony's Auntie's- ginger.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Anthony's yeah. ginger. Anthony's ginger. That makes complete sense. Anthony's ginger. Boom. Yeah, you killed that. Yeah, I love you. So easy.
0: This one might not be so
1: easy. Okay.
0: I know you watch The Crown. I know... I'm
1: obsessed with The Crown. Right?
0: It's a thing. Um, You're in tune with the Royals. I've been reading that William maybe cheated, allegedly? Is this hot news, hot take?
1: I've heard the story. Do you have
0: any opinions about... Okay, so this is the thing. The theory is, the conspiracy theory is, he cheated on Kate, and now the media is... Writing bad stories about Megan to take the heat off of him.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I have opinions, but I told you I won't share my uh, public people opinions on stage. So I will tell you afterwards what my thoughts are. I, of course, I have an opinion. For fuck's sake, I have an opinion about everything. I'll tell you later.
0: In forum after dark. Yes, please. It's just us two. Yes. Guys. Okay. And sink or backstreet boys. And sink.
1: All the way. How was Backstreet Boys... Okay, I like Backstreet Boys. But compared to NSYNC, NSYNC was the shit.
0: They're both great. Um, (laughs) I do want it that way, but I also want you
1: back. So, like, whatever. I'll just have it on. First concert ever. (gasps) My first concert ever? I didn't know who it was. My friends took me. It was in Salt Lake City. And it was the Indigo Girls. (laughs) They didn't, they didn't make it to the UK, but my friends were getting to a concert. And they're like, do you want to go? Well, We're, like, we're going to have a picnic. I was like, yeah, sure. I had no idea who these ladies were, but they were fantastic. You really
0: are gay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this is uh, controversial. It's been for decades. Yeah. The door of the Titanic. Could Jack have fit on it or not?
1: She was such a selfish bitch. If that were me I would say Rob just Rob just fucking lay on top of me you dickhead like who cares if there's no more space lay on me and then what we'll... the fuck is wrong with her
0: Alternate ending maybe it'll be on like some DVD in like 20 years or something Yeah Um okay so let's take some audience questions because I've asked enough nosy ones Um okay so th- doesn't say a name but it says over the past few years we have started to see more south asian representation in the media mindy kaling hassan Chopra, and you heart mm-hmm. what can we do to continue to increase that visibility how do we avoid becoming the token brown person or a stereotype
1: um okay i love this question who asked this question just give me a hoop Yay! hi sweetheart um Okay, I love this question let me Let me say this first. What is so nice about being uh, in a minority group in, in show business is that they 're all so supportive. I love every one of them. We are all very sweet with each other. if something 's going down, like we all are very nice to each other um, and we try and build each other up, which is beautiful um, uh, we don't have as much representation as we need but what i like that most of us do is i i do some scripted work now also and we do this lovely thing now where we call each other out if we do something embarrassing but so but by that i mean we we uh, you will never see me play the part of a terrorist or a taxi driver or the waiter like we do other shit too There's other jobs we do. And so I think that's a step in the right direction is uh, maybe all of this. I know that a lot of people feel underrepresented and they feel like they're not getting enough jobs so they'll take whatever job they get on a show. That's not the way we do this. We can be doctors and lawyers and all those things and also fashion designers if we choose to be fabulous. Hit me with it.
0: Next audience question. Did they give a
1: name? No. Rude. (laughs) I'm going to call you out anyway.
0: What advice would you give to parents whose children are bullied for their perceived
1: sexual orientation or race? Oy. It's too hard of a question. It's too hard of a question and it's too long of an answer to be able to um, uh, express in this nugget. But all I can say is I think every one of us has struggled with that at some point who's from a minority group. Just provide a home for them where you can act, where they will actually talk to you about it. Ask them questions regularly about what 's going on in school. Provide a safe space for them to talk about anything if they are especially if they are a child who 's uh, within the LGBTQ community. Um, Ask, but feel free to ask them questions. Create the safest space physically possible. So even if shit's going down at school, which I pray it's not, at least there's somewhere at home where they feel like they can express themselves. Don't ask them to uncross their legs. Don't tell them that they can't put that nail varnish on. Don't put that, tell that girl that she can't play with G.I. Joe's. Like, let them express themselves. At least there's a safe space at home.
0: Beautifully said. Last audience question. Who is someone that you hope to meet one day and why?
1: That's, no, I can't give one. Um, it's Adele. No, it's not just Adele. Okay, so before I, so when I got into this, like we got Queer Eye, I had like a longer list because I... I also had Adele. Oh, she was at the very top. But I had a longer list because I thought... The sh- I honestly thought that the show was going to go nowhere. I thought a few girls would watch and a few gays would watch and that's it and so i was like well if ever i get to meet these few then i've then i've really made it (laughs) Uh, which is really sweet i love that i I started writing a journal and it was such a sweet uh, uh, idea because we all honestly all of us boys just we didn't think it was going to become what it became and thankfully we're blessed to have this incredible reaction and also from the showbiz community and so i've met so many people that were on my list, and they're just so lovely to us. Um, but I have like a hit list that were always at my top, and they're still at the top. And I'm so close. Like I'm so close. It's not Sean Mendes. That's. A, that, I mean, it's. I mean, far, far. But it's not. He's not Shawn Mendes. Um, Adele's at my top because she's a fucking. Amazing, incredible! I like just, she's the best. Like she's the best. Of course, she should be at the top of everyone's list, in my opinion. She's just like real, real. Um, Beyonce, duh. Okay, I'm going to tell you a quick Beyonce story. So we were at the Glad Awards recently. We were um, being honored with an award, um, the Fab Five, and Beyonce was performing. And so I went extra as fuck. Like, just look at my outfit that day. Like I went so hard thinking. She's going to fucking see me. And when she sees me, she's going to say, oh, Tan, is that couture? Yes. Um, um, but uh, it was Jonathan's fucking birthday. So we went to the event. And then we had to leave before Beyonce came on because Jonathan's birthday party, did, party had started, and so we had to fucking go. So my one chance so far to meet her, I had to leave because of that idiot. That's I see him t- every fucking day. That is a terrible story. Wow, yeah. but oh you wait, wait, that have another one. chance. Michelle Obama is my third. Yes.
0: Well hopefully it balanced out because Victoria Beckham slid into your DMs and you danced to wanna be with her and drag queens at some point?
1: Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Do you know I, I, you know how you all must have fantasized at some point. Don't we all fantasize at some point about being famous one day, maybe? No, am I the only one? I can't come on, shut up. I can't be the only one. Everyone like when you're a kid, like when you're a kid you think, oh what if I was a pop star like uh, yeah, anyway. Fucking liars. Um <laughs> I thought we were going to tell the truth tonight, but clearly I'm the only one who's willing to. Um, and so I, uh, when you're a kid, you think, oh, what if I, if I were famous, how do um, these famous people make friends? It's really simple. They slide into your DMs just like anyone else. Every, almost every day, legit. I, somebody will slide into my DM, and I'm like... You want Oscars, bitch? Why are you talking to me? That makes no sense. It blows my mind. Blows my mind. And so one day, a few months ago, I was in England. I don't go to England very often anymore because I'm, I'm, I work mostly here. But I was going to England, and uh, Victoria's Beckham's team reached out and said, "Hey, we saw you in London. Uh, Victoria's having a party tonight. Will you come?" No. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm doing a fucking face mask. Um. <laughs> I do that every week, but, I, it, 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 you know, we're, we're, we haven't got a wrinkle, we're fine, we'll take a week off, um, and so, I was like, yeah, I'll be there, uh, um, I'm already on my way, and, um, and uh, I walked into the party, saw her, um, and David Beckham came up, and he was fucking lovely, like, just so nice, so nice, um, Obviously, I tried to pounce him, and then security came. And I was like, are you trying to fuck David Beckham? I'm like, yeah. Um, mm -mm. Yeah, bitch, have you seen him? Anyway, and so then I saw Victoria, and I saw a bunch of drag queens come out, and they were dressed as the Spice Girls. Um, And then Wannabe came on, and I was like, holy shit, this is really weird that I'm watching a bunch of Spice Girls uh, drag queens dance to uh, Wannabe in front of Victoria Beckham. And then Victoria joined in. And then, do you know what... Do you remember the dance moves she used to do? <laughs> Just, it, like it was, her hand was always like this. I think she was, had arthritis, and it was always like the Early onset arthritis. And so, she was dancing, and she looked over and she felt like this at me, and I was like, oh, bitch, say, you don't see me to say a word. I know exactly what you mean, and so I fucking... Anyway. <laughs> My gay fucking heart and so finished the dance, finished the song got into my car um, and I called my husband and I was like holy fuck I danced to a Spice Girls song with a fucking Spice Girl Queer Eye has given me so much You are living the dream
0: and it's actually a dream for Victoria to meet you, I have to say
1: No, that was not the case, but I love her so much and I really want to be a friend (laughs)
0: So, unfortunately, we're out of time. Ew. I know. So, you have three projects coming up. If you could give an adjective for each, like one word, I know it's going to be hard. So, I'll, I'll prompt you. You've,
1: met, you've known me for like an hour and a half. You... I know. Yeah,
0: okay, so, Queer Eyes going to Japan. What's one word that could. Yeah.
1: No, I'm sorry, Emmanuel. Hey, do me a favor. Go fuck yourself. Words. I can't give you one word. Okay. I'm sorry, um, Kara, we're going to be like five minutes late. Um, and I'm lying when I say five. Um, if you put money in a meter, you may you can leave and I won't call you out. Um, anyway, so I, uh, we, we, if you don't know, we, now you know. We shot episodes in Japan at the start of this year. I love all of Queer Eye. I think that the seasons get better and better and better. Um, but we did a few episodes. It's a mini-series that we did. Excuse me. And... Um, there's a lot of reality TV out there. Ours is a slightly different version of reality TV. It's a more real version, in my opinion. These four episodes are some of the most beautiful reality TV moments you have ever seen. And I know that sounds like a bold statement. Just wait till you see it. It just shows the power of what is possible when you send gays into the world. Believe me when I say The gays are going to save the world The gays are going to save the world I'm not saying there's five But the gays are going to save the fucking world You already are The rest of us will We're just going to Straits, I love you Oh, were you offended? Straits, I'm so sorry Um, (laughs) Or are you gays and you know it's your time? Great, go on gays, save the world The time starts now Oh, there's no time like the present. Look at that. God, am I their leader? I can say the gays are going to save the world and they leave and to get started? Yeah. Fuck me, that's power. What could I do with this power? Here we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're also going to be in a Charlie's Angels reboot with Kristen Stewart and other people?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for that. You made it seem very grand. I have a (laughs) walk-on. It counts. I have a walk-on part. Yeah, Charlie said They (laughs) flew
0: you out to, like, some other country. Istanbul.
1: Yeah, Istanbul. So it counts. Yeah. I take something from one person to another. It might not even make it. Who knows? But I do wink at the camera, so they probably will cut that.
0: You also are going to be co-hosting a competitive series for Netflix with Alexa Chung
1: yes. Okay.
0: Next in Fashion.
1: I am so excited about this. Okay, so um, uh, I'm not meant to say this. I've very, very clearly been told by Netflix, do not articulate it this way. But I don't know how else to articulate it. So until they send me clear messaging on what I can say, I'm going to say this. Do you watch Project Runway? Or have you watched Project Runway? I love Project Runway. Um, And so this this is not like Project Runway. Like Project Runway. Um, (laughs) It's a competition show. It's a global fashion competition show, so it's a little different, um, where we take designers from all over the world, um, and they are actually working ateliers in fashion houses, so they, the, the work they produce is like you have never seen on a competition show before. I, I love this show so much. I've, I wrapped it recently, a couple of months ago. It's fucking epic. It is fucking epic. I don't cry a lot, other than the first few weeks of Queer Eye. I don't cry a lot. I cried so many times watching these creations walk down the runway. If you like Project Runway, you are going to fucking love this. Love it. It's incredible. And do any of you watch The Great British Baking Show? Do you know what that is? Okay. The thing I love about Next... So the show's called Next in Fashion. And I'm obsessed with The Great British Baking Show. And legit, I promise you... I'm not just making this shit up. It's kind of got a vibe of The Great British Baking Show. It's very sweet because... So it's made by a British company, and it has two British hosts. So our competition shows are a little different from American competition shows. Like, our shows are like, oh, my gosh, can I help you? And then on an American show, it's like, I'm going to fucking take you down, bitch! (laughs) Um, And so it's got, like, more of the British. Like, just let me help you. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: I hope you work in the phrase soggy bottom. Um, in, in, did I say that right? Wait, say Soggy bottom. Um. Great British Bake Off, they
1: say soggy bottom. Oh, soggy. Oh, my God, I didn't know what you were saying. My accent's so bad. I thought you, honestly, I thought you were doing Japanese. I was like, oh, my gosh, why would You're I say are like, no, Japanese? no, no, we're not doing that. Um, yeah, soggy bottom. Soggy bottom. I was, I was the only soggy bottom on that show. That's Act. actually a lie. That's not true at all. <laughs> you saw the eyebrow
0: raise, We know what that means. OK, so it's in forum tradition to ask all of our speakers this final question. Go. What is your 60-second idea to change the world? No pressure.:
1: I already told you, um, I don't need 60 seconds. Send the gaze out to represent country, and we'll save the fucking world. <laughs> Let's go.) Thank you
0: all for being here.
1: Wait, let me add to that. Wait, wait. I need to add to that. Send out anyone within the LGBTQ community and also start treating us like equals and then we'll save the world. Maybe treat us with respect first. Yes. And that's it, folks. Thank you so much, Tan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Nice. That's it.
1: Bye, everyone. Get home safe. Bye.